Okay, hi. Uh, this is Amol Kane. Uh, welcome to the NRI Study Podcast. So, uh, Amol, I, I wanted to introduce you to my readers because I know you for I don't know how many years. <laughs> We studied together engineering at COEP. And then, can you just go ahead and tell the audience what you did after studying civil engineering at COEP? Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Amol. Uh, my educational background started with civil engineering in Pune. Uh, then I went on to do my masters in the same at uh, Georgia Tech in Atlanta. After that, I worked uh, for a few years in the U.S., uh, one year in the U.K., then back in the U.S. And about ten-ish uh, years ago, I moved back to India. Uh, you know, joined my family business. Uh, I've been working in India ever since. Uh, however, in the middle of all that. uh you know in, in addition to getting married and having a kid and all career wise uh, i decided to take a one year sabbatical in 2015 16 again and uh, got my mba from oxford and then i moved back and i'm working on few other you know ventures out here awesome so that's super super impressive and you've done something really unique you know you've not only lived in three different countries uk us india you've also done an mba after having a kid so kudos to you uh, i just wanted to start talking about your move to the us so the first question if you could help us answer is when you moved to the us did you always know you were going to come back and join your father's business no not at all actually uh, i think i've been fortunate in the sense that my parents were uh, you know very open uh, they said that you know you want to study in fact you should study so go ahead uh, get your higher degree work there for a few years and you know see where the opportunities take you and uh, i think that having that freedom in my mind uh, helped that uh, you know i worked i think for about 5ish years overseas uh, and at the end of the fourth year or beginning of the fifth i decided you know what I, i'm looking for two things that i'm not finding there you know typically mm-hmm. flexibility and diversity so then i thought let me move to india like i wanted to move away from the whole h1 gamut so the flexibility you're talking about is in terms of visa and doing something on your own uh, right i mean you you've been there your early years in the us or uk wherever you go are more driven by your immigration status than what you want do you feel like you could have stayed a little longer maybe did you ever regret like oh i should have stayed 7 years or 10 years i i don't think so uh, i like i said at that time i studied for about 2 years worked another 5 and uh, you know even after moving back i had a second chance to you know relocate overseas at the time i was doing my mba mm-hmm. uh, but in my mind i was uh, very sure that i wanted to uh, you know move back to india uh, I, i genuinely feel that uh, now we are you know in the beginning of a, a tidal wave of growth here in india or right. asia you know right. largely speak and it's going to be super exciting for the next 10 20 years uh, this it. is sort of where the action is going to be right so can you tell us a little bit about how much role your family and your wife had to play in you moving back or moving back abroad to get your mba can you talk a little bit about marriage in in the mix of all of this yeah it's it's a it's a funny story actually because uh, at the first time when i was thinking of moving back to india hmm. joined the business uh, the girl that i like was working in the us okay uh, you know luckily 
she supported my decision you know showed faith in my career move so to speak mm-hmm. and uh, you know a year later agreed to move to india and i did end up marrying her sonal nice and uh, you know we have two kids together so uh, it started off that way and then mm-hmm. 2015 when i decided you know it had been about 7 8 years since i had worked uh, and i said you know working in india is good but i i need to sort of stay ahead of the race mm. and uh, you know like how you would literally update your computer software i said you know i need to upgrade a little bit understand mm. where the world is moving uh, and so i decided to actually opt for the full time mba versus the executive type mba right so i took a, you know one year sabbatical from here uh, and moved with my wife and our daughter uh, to oxford and uh, i think it was one of the best years of our lives so was your wife also working there while you were there for two years no she also took a one year sabbatical okay that's really interesting i'd love to get to that i think before that i want to dig a little deeper into this move you had in india where you joined your father's company which is goka engineering yeah. can you talk about any kind of cultural shock that you must have had after working in the us and we know how it is working with vendors in india it's very yeah. it's sort of rougher on the edges can you talk about the challenges you faced and how you overcame them uh, you know on the professional side uh the biggest thing you realize after working say corporate america and moving to india is that uh time commitment almost means nothing here okay right? uh, you know you're given a time a deadline and not only do people not follow it uh, they don't even think of it as a big deal for not following up okay so uh it takes a little getting used to uh but you know once you understand how the system works where you know two days before the deadline you have to send out a reminder and like you know the morning of the deadline you have to send a second reminder okay. and then people start getting better and then you you have to start imposing your uh, you know what i call a no tolerance policy for delay but it it can't be implemented overnight it takes time and uh, there there's some uh, places where you cannot do that uh, like i have to work with uh, government authorities for example hmm and uh, there is no way i can you know challenge them in terms of why have you not you know committed to your deadline so you have to learn to accept uh, you know put in buffers in your uh, project scheduling and uh, eventually you start budgeting your resources appropriately and uh, you know you get used to it i guess you adjust basically but yeah, so adjust. didn't you think of it this way like it it's your company and you can run it the way you choose Uh, what would you advise people with their own company because there's this sense that uh, hey i can change the way people work by the way i think they should work versus adjusting to the way they normally work in india so how do you find how did you find a balance between these two so internally uh, i'm extremely extremely particular in terms of uh, you know time and commitments uh like i said when it comes to both my clients and my vendors you know uh, mm. not just my staff mm. uh you know we uh, unlike the typical indian office uh, we start early we start uh, the construction sites at 8 o'clock and the office at 9 nice and uh, we actually wrap up by 6 pm so nice. uh, it's not typical in india but i i do feel that you know at the end of the day even they need uh, you know few hours 
uh, before they go to bed of you know me time or family time or whatever that is so uh, i've always been a proponent of this you know start early and end early system and mm-hmm. uh, i'd say I'd, i've implemented it with the and i'd highly recommend it to you know any entrepreneur out there who's uh, you know joined his or her uh, family business mm-hmm. that you know in india offices do start at 11 11:30 12 you know don't do that start early Uh, and you know finish the day early it's way more productive for everybody so uh, there's this sense in india that some people do work only if you shouted them have you had that experience here it, I, I, so i think i have a slightly uh, different version of that i think uh, you know people uh, in india are trying to look busy rather than efficient you know because extra okay. hours of work is valued more than finishing work smartly uh-huh. Huh, right. yes i mean uh, let me give you an example hmm. uh, so during say my ge days we used to work with our factory in germany right hmm. and uh, all the pe- the culture there was that uh, whatever backlog they had for the week they would come in early on a friday morning and finish by friday 3:30 or 4 pm hmm. and then they were off for the weekend and they would go fishing hiking uh, you know or hmm. wherever it is and just take it easy get some downtime hmm. whereas the indians in the same company uh would largely procrastinate on fridays and saturdays and then sunday evening they all wake up uh, <laughs> panic and huh. on monday they would all sound like you know they had a super busy week and a crazy weekend and yeah. they achieved about the same as the german contemporaries so hmm. uh i think unfortunately uh, there needs to be a little change in our mindset where uh, you know it's not about looking or working extra number of hours it's about working smart and finishing right so since your father was part of this company do you find a difference between the way you lead things versus he has traditionally led things so uh, there is a, obviously a little change in attitude because of the generation difference okay. uh, hmm. but i'd have to give uh, you know my father a lot of the credit for the you know being on time system right hmm. uh, he just more disciplined than i think people on average our generation uh, hmm. tend to be uh, so you know even in day to day routine things he would always teach me that you know do things on time there's, there's no hmm. point delaying you have to do it anyway uh, an example of doing things on time so i'm thinking of two things one is the deadline for your project like i'm going to i don't know i'm making this up like i'm going to drill, deliver the plumbing finish the plumbing by this date right. versus um uh, let's have a meeting at 5 o'clock to discuss uh, the contract and people will not show up at 5 they'll show up at like 7 so the, are these the two types of uh, like time mismanagements that you're seeing so th- these are the common ones mm-hmm. uh but you know on the construction side the ones that tend to have a bigger impact uh, are because of resource delays so mm. you know we kind of changed the system where we started planning ahead and purchasing goods ahead of time Got so it. when the crew reaches the site any particular crew reaches the site for example uh, all the equipment and tools are already there so there's no more delay he does not have an excuse saying that you know this particular part is not available and this particular thing is uh, not there right so again uh, as an entrepreneur uh, what i have seen when i when i first moved to india i was working with a, a group of youngsters who had just graduated from college 
and i remember the first time one of them came to me and said my grandmother is in the hospital and i freaked out i was like oh my god don't worry about anything if you need to go we'll take care of everything and we let him go and uh, then i realized that uh, the second third fourth fifth person started coming up with the grandmother in hospital and it turns yeah. out it's a very common excuse to say somebody in my family is in the hospital because you yeah. can't really argue against that <laughs> how do you tell the difference between a genuine reason versus something that's made up it, it's it's difficult i think uh, it finally comes down to the track record of that particular person mm-hmm. uh, and you know over time you realize there's there's literally a handful of people who tend to keep giving excuses you know one excuse or the other mm-hmm. and uh, you know they'll always have the family problem or the school problem or whatever problem health problem and you know every now and then it's probably true but uh, it's unfortunate that with with them you have to kind of tell them you know fine you know you you, you can go ahead but the job needs to be done and the okay. deadline is not changing so okay. uh, just let me know how you're planning to get it done and typically the person will know mm-hmm. uh, that you know you know the, the man- manager understood that that ha <laughs> So what I'm getting from what you're saying is that you have to as somebody who's moved who's lived abroad and come back to an a business in India you have to take your time to uh, understand the ways things work and see what works for you. So is that what kind of advice would you give to NRIs who have that home business but are very comfortable in the US and are afraid of this afraid of like how am I going to work with vendors what kind of advice would you give them? you know there there's two ways to look at that uh, you know first if you're enjoying uh, your career path you know in the us or wherever it is that you are and uh, you do see a you know a healthy work life balance going forward then by all means you should just continue living there uh, have a chat with your family you know don't feel guilty uh, you know if you do feel life is better there you genuinely feel it's there's nothing wrong with that Uh, but then don't sit there and complain that you know your friends back in india have you know domestic help and they have better family life mm-hmm. you know you can't go both ways yeah. but uh, you know typically people uh, who have a little more entrepreneurship mindset uh, you know you, you crave to do something on your own so you want to mm-hmm. try something different mm-hmm. then i'd say you know india is a great place for you uh, mm-hmm. and if you have a family business then you you just use it as a soft landing to jump start your career here uh, so you know what i advise them is you know talk to people you know talk to friends peers and get multiple perspectives on you know how they've gone through this journey uh, i mean you know they, these people should talk to somebody a consultant like you nupur uh, you know who who understand uh, this system the process and can offer meaningful insights and guidance see at the end of the day for most people it's a life altering decision mm. uh, it's fair to invest a good amount of you know time and resources for that got it so you gave gold information where you also said that don't feel guilty about it i have literally met very few people who have uh, both which is you said you're enjoying your job and you have a good work life balance mostly people have a great work life balance but the job is like chal raha hai you know they're just yeah. doing it because that's the job they have on their h1 and uh, do you feel like people who is thinking that okay maybe i'll get a better job so i should continue stay here do you feel that india is probably even if they have a better work life balance but they're not enjoying their job it's still something to consider to to move back to india 
at you know the the stage in life uh, that the economies are right now i think it's it's a great idea okay uh, i think uh, i mean china's sort of already ahead in the economic race uh, and asia is growing fast and furious uh, i'm e- even other things outside of business like you know think of the current pandemic right mm. uh, asian countries and india in particular have handled it way better than the european and yes. western countries <laughs> and people tend to underestimate the economic impact of such things okay but they go a long way hmm. uh, opportunities are going to be created in india whether you are in the tech sector manufacturing sector healthcare sector uh, you know the, this this is the area to grow so you know if you are very comfortable there and you love the lifestyle there great you know continue living there but you know if you are in two minds or conflicted i'd say it's worth giving india a shot in the next 5 10 years right so uh, here's the thing a lot of people are confused about moving to india simply because the h1b is seems like a one way street you can't just go back what would you advise these people because you've moved to the uk also you've seen life there you've seen in the us so can you talk a little bit about this fear of uh, i won't be able to move back to the us if i don't like it in india it's not that bad i think if you have the right qualifications and the you know the right kind of experience on your uh, resume uh, i think uh, the world is getting more and more connected so hmm. uh, talent is valued and th- there's a good chance that going ahead this pandemic has proven that you know remote work works Yeah. so uh, i mean you know, there's companies in the europe and the us that can you know hire you you could be spending few months in india few months uh, you know at the client site wherever it is hmm. so i i don't think the doors are permanently closed yeah sure it's a little harder uh, versus compared to getting a degree and then getting a job right out of college hmm. uh, but i think once you have uh, like a good background uh, the opportunities are going to be there if you're skilled great so uh, having lived in the U- uk also and us can you help us compare life uh, how it felt in the us versus uk so uh, i mean i think i've been among the fortunate few that i have studied in both the countries and worked in both those ah, countries yes yes right? so uh, so i do feel that the education system in the us is vastly superior hmm. and uh, to add to that it's it's a much larger economy that you can plug into okay. uh, right so the opportunities are more uh, hmm. in the us hmm. uh, for somebody who's looking uh, you know with a clean slate just looking to go overseas and has uh, you know the right academics and the right uh, sort of drive hmm. i'll always recommend the us over the uk and But what about lifestyle Hmm. yeah where the uk scores a little bit is uh compared to the h1 green card citizenship process in the us which can uh, you know i'm told take 25 or 30 years now hmm. uh the uk is a lot faster so it gives you that much more flexibility that early in life got it so you know if you don't see yourself say working for an amazon or a microsoft for the next 15 20 years you want to try out different things uh, the uk will give you an entrepreneur visa you know within 4 or 5 years you get their equivalent of a green card uh, you know residency mm. so flexibility wise you know uk is easier is easier 
so when you when when you came back to india uh, did you at any point feel like i miss the us i wish i had stayed back uh, any thoughts around that uh yeah of course there's times that uh, you you miss i mean you created so many memories there with friends yeah. you know with colleagues uh that sure uh, you are going to miss uh, certain aspects uh, and certain things that you enjoy there or you take for granted there that you don't get here hmm. uh but i think uh, i i you know i love to travel uh, and my wife and i travel quite a bit and uh, sometimes you know work allows me and takes me to places uh, that then i don't kind of miss living there anymore i, I i'm happy uh, i'm in a good space living in india like having a base in india and, and traveling whenever i need to yeah same here that i feel the same so but uh, do you uh, do you feel like when you look back at your life in the us do you have any regrets on whether on some parts that you should have done something or lived better or done something that that you didn't do in your past it's an unusual one but uh, g- g- give me a couple of minutes to huh. spell it out for you uh you know I-, i went to a boy school and we were all into sports growing up uh-huh. and then you know come engineering and then you know going for ms it all came down to acad you know you got to study and you get good marks huh. and so you know my early years in the us that's all i kept focusing on you know trying to get good grades uh and trying to get a good job hmm. and uh, i feel that the one thing that i was passionate about in school is playing a sport hmm. so i will advise any you know boy or girl who's moving overseas to study or to work uh pick a sport hmm. it could be a sport that you've played in india hmm. or maybe it's a sport that you've inter- you that always interested you but uh, you didn't get a chance learn it in the us you know most of us moved to the us in our early 20s and that's the time when it's easy to pick up a sport you know your body is cooperating with you know everything it's <laughs> worth huh. and uh, what sports will do is you know in addition to the whole health uh, benefit is it gives you access to a social culture that you mm. don't know existed uh, you know a lot of these countries uh, especially the us and the uk are very passionate about their sport mm. uh, so the easiest way to kind of you know blend into the social fabric and get to know people there is through sport you play a sport you get to talk about the sport uh, and you'll see i mean you know you worked in corporate america you know on monday mornings when you go into the office that's all people are talking about you know who won what the previous weekend yeah, yeah. <laughs> college it could be professional sport so you know play a sport it'll you know go a long way uh in giving you sort of mental peace and happiness which one were you playing soccer so i i was always uh, in tennis okay okay uh, tennis okay <laughs> yeah and, and then you know going uh, after moving to the us uh, i i i decided to learn uh, um, you know american football uh, mm-hmm. obviously i was undersized for the sport but yeah. i enjoyed it uh, and it helped make uh, you know new friends new mm-hmm. conversations and uh, you know in the uk i mean you studied in coep so you know we we learned rowing there yes uh, when i moved to oxford you know huh. i was the only indian nice. in the college rowing team <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, so you know knowing a sport or wanting to learn a sport goes a long way so anything else you want to share with our nri audience uh, amol any other tips and uh, things that will calm them down and make them feel better about the decisions that they have to make 
I, I know it's easy for me to say this, but th- there is no really wrong decision, hmm. right? Uh, whatever decision you make, you live with it for that time, and you know, enjoy the journey, learn from your failures, and uh, you'll always get another opportunity to uh, pivot or you know, change uh, into something else. So you know. But keep in mind that uh, see what drives you. You know, India mm-hmm. is a massive and untapped market. Yes. You know, <clears throat> with a lot of opportunities. So you know, make the most of it. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Amol, for coming on this podcast, and I will see you <clears throat> around. Thank you, Nupur. It's a pleasure.